Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, hello, I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. I always appreciate the fact that you're willing to take time out of your day and listen. So we're talking a lot about change, 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 all about change. Because that's one of the things we can always depend on is change. And what happens with change? And change has a lot to do with the grief and loss process. And I hope you really got uh, some help and some education and some insight about the grief and loss process as we talked about it last week and a little bit yesterday as well. We talked about the life of Job and what suffering does for us and can do for us if we let it. And that we can have grief and loss even if there's something positive that occurs. And how we can really manage change better. And we talked earlier last week about the three different types of change that we always have to incur and deal with and know how to do well. And that's, first of all, the change that, that we initiate. And those are the ones that are easier on us, at least initially. That's the one that we've thought about, that we choose, we decided on. It's our idea, whatever that might be. That's the one that gives us at least a feeling of control. And then we have that second type of change, and that's the one that's inevitable or unavoidable. And that's things like the day will end, right? I will age. My children will grow. Those types of things that nothing stays the same. So there are changes that are inevitable. Winter will come. Summer will end. Fall will help us toward the winter, ease us into it. But we know that the seasons will come. These are things that are inevitable and that are changes. So recognizing that we have the change that we initiate, we have the most control over that, then we have the change that we know is coming. We can kind of prepare. Our children are getting ready to graduate. Women, you might be going into menopause. All these different types of things we know are coming. And then the third change, the one that's really rough many times, is that's the one that's thrust upon us that we didn't expect. Nobody asked our permission. We never knew it was coming. And we're shocked. And so we talked about how that can even be good, like the lottery winners, right? Shocked and surprised that you actually are pregnant when you didn't think you could be and you tried for so long and you stopped trying and there, there you are. These types of things are still incredibly stressful. So recognizing that every gain has a loss and every loss has a gain. So I want to talk a little bit more in depth about really healthy ways to handle change and manage and, uh, the growing process and the, the process of, of loss and suffering and growing through it and learning how to manage it better. 
So first of all, if you find yourself in pain somewhere, physically, spiritually, socially, intellectually, psychologically, relationally, professionally, where's the pain? And what you first want to ask yourself, and trust me, nobody wants to do this. I don't want to do it either. I want to just lament in my pain <laughs> and say and complain about my pain. But what really helps me if I say to myself, I know God's universe and I know who my God is. There's gain somewhere if I will look for it. Where is the gain in this painful issue or time or relationship or decision that's been made? Whatever it is, where is the gain? And that's different than just trying to have positive thinking. I mean, I'm all for thinking positively. It helps your brain a lot. It strengthens it. But this is different. This is really saying, I'm going to truly investigate, commit to finding where the gain is going to be from this experience. Then you want to say, what, what ways, thoughts, vision, dreams, ideas do I need to let go of? Because many times, a lot of pain and loss that we have is our unwillingness to change and our unwillingness to let go of things, even if they're good things. And we many times won't even let go of bad things. We have bad behaviors and we don't want to let go of them. So what ways or thoughts, what idea or vision or dreams do I maybe need to let go of? And that is part of the grief and loss process. And if we are willing to really do that, then we don't have to go through the grief and loss process because it was thrust upon us. We are actually anticipating, you know what, I had this dream, I had this vision, I had this idea, I really thought it was going to happen, maybe it's not going to happen. So maybe before the door shuts on me, Maybe I need to say, you know what, Lord, maybe you're encouraging me to let that die. And I need to go through the grief and loss process so that the new thing that you have can arrive. I can see. I'll be aware of it. So then ask yourself, am I practicing acceptance? And this needs to be for you a daily habit. And it, this is one of the best self-care things that you could possibly do for yourself and others is practice acceptance. And I say to myself, to clients all day, acceptance, the key to all my problems. And I say that broadly, because I'm not saying that I accept everything and just blithely go through life and whatever happens, happens. But what that means is there are so many things that I can't change. There's so many things that maybe aren't my choice. There are so many things that are not even within my life to be able to change. There may be political things, maybe relational things that I've heard about or know about that I have no power in. So it's accepting things that I can't change. It's the key to the majority of my problems. Accepting who I am. Accepting my limitations. Accepting the time of life I'm in. Accepting the job that I may have until maybe I decide to change it. But I encourage people that if you're not going to change something yet, then accept it. Accepting 
doesn't mean failure or giving up. It simply means I'm not going to be in a battle with something I'm not even battling yet. So really practice acceptance. Who do you have to accept? And I really practice t accepting people as they are and trying not to accept them only if they change and become something that I want them to be. So really look at what are the things I need to practice accepting. It, God accepts his world. He does. He's changing it as people allow, but he accepts it. He accepts the world on the world's terms. Because if he didn't, we probably would not be in existence. The next thing is, as you're practicing acceptance, embrace pain. Don't run from it. Don't brace yourself against it. You know how much more painful it is if you brace yourself. If you relax and let the person give you the, the inoculation in your arm, it hurts far less than if you tense your arm. If you relax your body, if you relax your heart, you relax your mind. When it has to do with pain, if you have something very painful you have to consider or think about or painful that you have found out about, first thing you do, I want you to relax. Because when you relax, you are better able to manage time. You are better able to think and problem solve. And you are better able to resist judgment and condemnation, either about yourself or towards someone else. And while I'm asking you to embrace the pain, that means that I have to practice accepting my feelings. Am I willing to accept my feelings? Now, this is very important. I don't believe everything I feel. I don't enjoy all of my feelings. I don't like all of the feelings that I have all the time. I'm not proud of every feeling I have. And I don't go with every feeling I have. I don't follow every feeling I have. But I do accept every feeling that I have. I accept it. That's the feeling. Because it's kind of absurd to not accept a feeling. It's already happened. It's kind of like the day started, I'm not going to accept the fact that the sun came up. It's already occurred. It's very helpful for you psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, if you will simply accept your feelings and recognize that they're indicators of something and they're not your enemy. They're telling you something about you, about your life, about someone else, about what you may need to change, what you may need to accept. It's always an indicator. So your feelings are like the indicators on the dashboard of your car. You don't just ignore them and you don't turn the car in and say I hate this car because of the indicators because it ran out of gas right you want to honor the fact that oh the gas it's telling me I'm running out of gas thank you for telling me that we don't ignore it because if we ignore it we know what happens so feelings are indicators pay attention to them are you willing to own them are you willing to take responsibility for them your feelings and your thoughts matter doesn't matter how ugly they are. They matter. They're you. They're a part of you. And so you want to accept your feelings. Doesn't mean I agree with everything I feel. And this helps me be willing to engage in whatever the grief and loss process is. 
whether it be something as, as small as, wow, I have to pull over and get gas and that's disrupting my, my journey because I need to take care of my car. That takes care of my life. So recognizing what's going on with you when you're having feelings. This is part of how we manage suffering. This is how we grow. This is how we cause ourselves to be emotionally stronger to handle loss. This is one of the ways we become healthier people. So are you willing to engage in the grief and loss process? Our minds are many times telling us not to feel. And many times we judge our own feelings. But my tears and my heart, that's what's attempting to heal. And tears heal my heart. Tears water the dry, arid places of my soul and my spirit. That's what tears are for. And we've talked before about um, this amazing woman, uh, Mary Schoen, I believe her name is, and she has written a book called Topography of Tears. And she, through a microscope, studied more than 200 types of tears and the biology and the chemistry within them. And they're all different because they're attempting to cleanse us when, we will, when we're willing to cry. So your tears are an attempt to heal. Make sure that you understand your feelings are exposing pain. And they're exposing your identity. They're telling you who you are. They're telling you who you don't want to be. So don't do them an injustice. Don't deny them. Don't stuff them. Don't ignore them. Don't judge them. Accept them as very, very good information. And you will process through them more quickly. Then ask yourself this. Are you practicing spiritual disciplines? This is part of self-care. This helps us have endurance as we are living here on earth with so much grief and loss. Am I practicing solitude? Am I practicing silence? Journaling, fasting as a way to hear from the Lord. Maybe you hear from the Lord in a different manner. Maybe you need to find out how you get re-energized by God. There's a great book called Pathways. It was written, I think, 20, 22 years ago. And it identified all these different ways that people are energized, motivated, and experience God. Some do it through solitude. Some do it through serving. Some do it through expression. They're the enthusiastic worshipers that we see. They need to express it. They need to talk about it. Some people do it through nature. Some people do it with others, sharing ideas. So ask yourself, what, how am I made? God, tell me how I am made that will help me to know how to feed my spirit, my soul. In order to be more spiritually fit when loss and suffering is happening, we want to make sure how we tend to our soul. Because think about this. The person that survives the car accident, not only do they have to deal from the injury, they have to heal from that, but they're so weak and fragile, they may never be able to fully recover from the myriad of maladies if they haven't taken care of themselves prior to the car accident. If they are very weak, if they haven't taken care of their body, then the accident will be far more injurious to them than if they had. It's the same with our soul, our soul and our spirit. If we're taking care of it, 
than the hurts, the heartaches, the tragedies that come our way. We will be better able to heal from it and not become sicker because of it. So then I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to accept compassion, comfort, sympathy from others? Are you willing to let others into your pain? Are you able to set necessary boundaries on people that are being legalistic and codependent with you in your loss and suffering? Think about the story of Job. He set boundaries on his friends. So are you able to accept healthy things from friends? Are you able to set boundaries if they start trying to give you unhealthy things? Then I want you to say to yourself, are you practicing gratitude? Now remember the week we did on gratitude. So important. This is one of the ways that we find the gain in whatever stress we are in. Whatever change we are initiating or whatever change is thrust upon us or whatever change is unavoidable. If we have been practicing gratitude, if we're willing to practice gratitude, we will be much better able to manage it. Ask yourself this, are you practicing the art of noticing? Noticing, what does that mean? This means what are the internal and external responses to the loss or the gain that you've incurred? What do you notice about yourself, about others? What do you notice about God? What is God doing? Where do you see him? What's happening to you inside? Notice what's going on inside of you because of the loss or the gain. Notice how it affects other people. Notice what's going on inside of you if someone else has incurred a loss or a really amazing gain. Say your best friend, I don't know, made a really good business deal and, and netted a half a million dollars on a commission. What's going on in you? That's a gain that your friend has. Are you experiencing it as a, as a loss to you? Or are you able to enter into the gain with them and all the changes that may occur for them and some of the losses that they may have because of that gain? So the external noticing requires that I stop long enough to realize how the outside world is affecting me. Affecting my mind, my emotions, my physical body. What are the external cues that influence what we tell others about our life? How we explain our losses, how we explain our gains to others. So you want to be thinking about these things. These internal expressions of grief. It requires us to pay attention to a whole other host of emotions that might accompany that loss. Numbness, right? Envy, unforgiveness, not being grateful, having a bad attitude, losing your faith. What's going on internally with the loss or the gain? Because I have known some people that had a phenomenal gain and lost their faith. I know others that had a huge loss and gained phenomenal faith. So you want to resist the desire to medicate the pain. You don't want to fall into codependency, saying things like, well, I don't want to burden anybody with my pain. 
I can handle it all on, all on my own. We don't want to fall into shame or we don't want to share what's happened, especially if we're in a lot of pain because of a mistake that we have made. We are all humans. We all are mistake-making people. And we have this tendency to be far more forgiving to others about their mistakes than our own. So the short version of all of this, okay, you want to journal the pain? Your thoughts, your hopes, your fears? You want to know what's going on inside of you? Practice noticing? You want to practice solitude and silence so that you can hear from God. Or you want to go out into nature so you can hear from God. You want to do service work so you start to see God and hear from God. Whatever it is that feeds your soul, you need to take that responsibility to feed your soul. We need to be practicing acceptance. Ask yourself today, what, what is one thing I can accept that I don't want to accept? What is one thing that I can simply accept and just be at peace with? A lot of that may be things like what you're hearing on the radio, what you're seeing in TV, the judgments you may have of other people. Maybe you're a family that does not believe in people living together before they're married and you just found out that your son moved in with his girlfriend. Well, if he's over the age of 21, this may be an acceptance issue because acceptance does not mean agreement. And this is where we get really into those control issues is when, when I think that because I accept something, I'm somehow agreeing with it. Well, I don't agree with 110 degree heat. I don't hope for it. I don't revel in it. I don't like it. I don't want it to stay 110 and move to 115 or 18, but I accept it. There's nothing I can do about the weather. I accept the weather. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't like it all the time. So we can accept things we don't like. This is the, one of the hallmarks of an adult. I can accept things I don't agree with. Because that's understanding boundaries. Where do I end and the other person begins? What can I really control and what do I need to accept? I really need to feel the pain, embrace the pain. Don't run from the pain. The pain will just chase you. And it will overcome you. So we want to be brave people. We want to be people of strength and endurance. And that doesn't come overnight. And sometimes we can only feel the pain for a minute. Then we need to avoid it. But a minute is better than nothing. So you embrace the pain. You feel the pain. Talk about the pain. Write about the pain. Draw about the pain. Pray about the pain. Whatever you need to do to manage the pain in a healthy manner. And you want to then allow yourself to be comforted. Practice personal compassion toward yourself. My gosh, you're with yourself all the time. Be merciful, kind, and compassionate to yourself. It helps you give it to others. And remove or disengage from individuals who, even though they may be well-intentioned, are legalistic, as we see in the example of Job's story. Don't fall into that. Don't let yourself do it. Love yourself. Love others well. You're very valuable to God. He knows it's hard down here. So practice patience with yourself as well. God loves you. God bless you today. 
Join me tomorrow as we talk more about how do we take care of ourselves in today's world and do it well? How do we care for the one that God cares for? Just you, just me. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Jeremy. You're the greatest. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.